0: Good morning ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 191. We're here with the RR show to get you over that midweek hump. And today, to get you going, we're jumping into some R slash Petty Revenge. So here we go with our first story. Grab your tea, grab your popcorn, and let's check out from Flashy Cow 1. I tipped my ex-friend and bully as Petty Revenge. To start, this girl and I were best friends for the first half of high school. However, something changed in her. She became depressed and suicidal because she was being severely bullied online. I reported what she told me to both the school counselors and her parents and told her that I had told them. She decided I had betrayed her and suddenly became a bully towards me. Ironically, she became friends with the girl who bullied us both right after. She later found out they were her online bullies too. My first job was front-end at a restaurant and she knew when and where I worked. So she made it a point to show up at my work where I really couldn't do much. I had to serve her and her new friends. She saw me coming and said to not expect a tip because service industry workers are servants who don't need to be paid. That stuck with me for years. I told my manager that I refused to serve her or them ever again. At that point, the manager was fine with it as I had mentioned them before. From that day on, I never spoke to my ex-friend for years. Recently I went to my hometown to a local restaurant. Lo and behold, my waiter is my ex-friend. Again I haven't spoken to her at all since that day she basically said I was her servant. I decided to get petty revenge by killing her with kindness. I was polite but never acknowledged that I knew her. She kept saying she swears she recognizes me from somewhere. I kept brushing the question off. Then came the bill. When the receipt for the tip came, I put a note on it that said, first and former last name. Do you still think service industry workers are servants who don't need to be paid? with a 100% tip on a $40-ish mail. As I walked out, I saw her face as she read the note. She turned very, very red. I think my kind petty revenge got to her. All in all, that one was pretty wholesome. Off to a good start. So, our next story is from Prince. Claim my music as yours. (laughs) Ha, have fun trying to remake it. I met my roommate in college five years ago. We were both going for studio engineering and music production. We became great friends almost instantly. We have often shared beats with one another and also collaborated on some projects together. At one point, we were marketing ourselves as a duo for music production. We were trying to get noticed by more famous artists in our area. We made trap and R&B beats. Some local artists have used our beats, but no one major here's a quick side note whenever we would send out beats we would send them wav files and it would always be in a loop never the complete beat never the actual project file this protected us from thieves during the holidays i went home and he stayed behind i sent him over a loop in a wav file and a few hours later i'm on snapchat he's in the studio with a local artist playing my loop at first i am super stoked i tried to facetime my roommate he doesn't answer. He just sends me a message saying, send over the project file. I tried to FaceTime him again, but he doesn't answer. Right away, I know what he's trying to do. So instead, I go over to the local artist's Instagram and check his story. It's him in the studio with my roommate. The artist says, yeah, I'm here in the studio about to hop on this track that my man, insert my roommate's name, made. Now, I'm livid. I tried calling my roommate again, He answers. And my first question was, why is he saying that that's your beat? My roommate just says, you know how it is, man, just send over the project file so I can arrange it for him. He's ready to go right now. I hang up, never send the file over. He calls me over 20 times. Then he sends me a message saying, that's fucked up. That could have been our big break. You know he knows people in Atlanta and New York City. I was going to tell him it wasn't mine. Fuck you, bro. You just ruined us. Now he left. You made us look stupid i didn't respond instead i messaged the artist explaining the situation and told him i could be in his area if he really wanted the beat i told him i lived 20 minutes outside the city and could be there in about an hour now remember this is a local artist no one famous by any means he does know people but he himself is not famous so he responds and tells me to come through i play the beat for him and he said he wasn't feeling anymore which artists say a lot He then goes on to tell me that my roommate tried for hours to remake the beat, but couldn't even figure out the drum pattern. That's how he knew he lied about the beat being his. He even called him out, and my roommate still said it was his, but that he was drinking and smoking when he made it. Now, he will never trust him again, and he told all of his homies the same. Now, local artists don't want to work with my roommate, because they don't know if what he brings is stolen or not which everyone knows in the music world, is a really bad idea. Bottom line, don't try and steal from me. But now, I've got to find a new place to live. Ha, we're going to make the fat pieces. That's from a game called Paradigm, it's really good, you should check it out, and it's all I could think of throughout that whole story. Next one's from a user named Load-Bearing Stripper Pole. Okay, the story is called the barbie shoes growing up my cousin was a terror we're both girls for the record she was a bully very much a mean girl i unfortunately ended up spending a lot of time with her for various reasons until i finally went very low contact with that side of the family once i got older she was super spoiled my grandma's favorite and the golden grandchild while I got to be the scapegoat black sheep, not a fun part of my childhood. Anyway, my cousin was obsessed with Barbie. This was back in the day when Barbies were not light and soft. They were solid, hard, plastic weapons. My cousin would constantly crack me in the head with Barbies. Between my grandma and her parents, she had a million of the fucking things. And I would always have to play Barbies with her, even though I fucking hated Barbies. Or else, she would launch into a massive tantrum. I figured I was going to get nailed in the head with Barbies anyway, so I just went along with it and was as boring as humanly possible. Naturally, I got the worst Barbies and the worst clothes. It wasn't the only nasty thing she did to me by far, but it is the one that is directly relevant to this story. I don't remember what the last draw was, I don't remember why I snapped. I'd gotten past the point of crying or reacting to anything she did because my aunt and grandma would just punish me for lashing out at her after I'd put up with too much of her abuse. So I'd been keeping it bottled up for a while. What I do remember is what I did as revenge. I think I was about 8 years old. One night that I had to sleep over, I waited until she fell asleep and then I snuck into the playroom. Then, I went through all the Barbie shoes and carefully tossed out one shoe from a few matching pairs. I didn't do the whole lot of them because I thought that would be too obvious, but I did enough of them that there was going to be a problem, and I made sure I got at least one or two of her favorite pairs. I left the next morning and forgot about it, until the next time I visited, and overheard my aunt telling my grandma over the phone that she was sick of Barbie's shoes and all of Barbie's tiny accessories because they always got lost, and she'd gone through the entire vacuum cleaner bag, but hadn't found a single shoe. I never told a soul. There is a special little bit of evil genius in that with the hiding of only one shoe, bonus points for that. Our next story is from The Anti-Grinch. Refuse to give the gift you promised my daughter? Fine, I'll take away the gift I got for you. This year I got a new job that's been paying me very well. Therefore, for this Christmas I decided to splurge on everyone. In particular, I spent a lot of my money on my nine-year-old daughter and she deserves 100%. She's been pushing herself in school, helping around the house without being asked and always being the kindest soul you'll ever meet. However, when my mother-in-law came early in the morning and saw how the gifts under our tree were much more than usual, she asked why. I told her I bought everyone a bunch of gifts, including her. She then proceeded to ask how many gifts I got for my daughter, and I told her about three big ones and three small ones. Apparently, this outraged her because she started saying that a nine-year-old did not deserve that many gifts, and she would be taking away the gifts she bought my daughter so that my daughter wouldn't be too spoiled. I told her that was unfair, especially since my mother-in-law promised my daughter a doll for Christmas, and my daughter was looking forward to it. My mother-in-law said, let it be a lesson to my daughter that in life she can't get all the things she asks for. Look, I understand that. But it's not like I shower my daughter with gifts every day. And if anything, Christmas is the day you're supposed to spoil your children. But my wife told me to let it go. And it was her mother's gift and therefore she could do anything she wanted with it. And her mother agreed, saying it was her right. If we're going to play with that ideology, then so be it. I decided to remove the $600 designer bag I got my mother-in-law, the thing I knew she wanted the most, and gave her a $40 robe instead. Once my mother-in-law opened her present, she was disappointed, asking if that was all she got from me because everyone else got increasingly more expensive gifts from me. And I said yes and apologized if I disappointed her, but we can't always get the gifts we hoped for. This left both her and my wife extremely furious. But hey, the mother in law gets enough gifts. I wouldn't want to spoil her. Next up is from Rory Wilder Neg me, enjoy your boozeless new year. Short and sweet. Be me, 20 some person with tits. Relevant. I work in a college town liquor shop. A lot of students come back to celebrate the new year with each other. The store gets incredibly busy with some genuine pieces of work coming in for booze and sick. Some college A bro comes in on a video call with someone, and after about 20 minutes of loudly arguing about which shitty beer to buy, and another 15 minutes waiting in line, he comes up to the counter. Bro takes one look at me, flashes his friend on screen a watch this face, and says, You've got great boobs for a liquor shop, girl. Could I have let this go? Yeah. Do I deal with this shit every day I work? Yeah. Did I let it go? Oh no. No, I did not. I smile very politely and then ask for his ID. No other acknowledgement of what he said. He laughs and hands me his card. I take one look at it, set it down and loudly announce, Sorry, we don't take fakes here. You're gonna have to leave. Man goes red and starts acting up. My boss, bless you boss man, steps in, comes over from the other register, and tells him to listen to me or face permanent banishment from our shop. The only liquor store in 15 miles. Brosif storms out with no beer, no ID, and no dignity. I neither know nor care if the card was actually fake or not. Act like an idiot child, get treated like one. Happy New Year, y'all. Next story is from Cutie Ackhizes, Petty, but satisfied. This happened years ago and is very petty. The day I found out that my now ex-husband had a girlfriend is the day I threw him out. I called him at work, told him to get his stuff and get out. He came in her car, packed most of his stuff and said, I need at least two dresses. Clean them out while I'm gone. I'll be back in an hour." (laughs) Excuse me? So I did. I cleaned out the two dresses he liked best. I then carried them to the front steps and kicked them down the concrete steps. They only had minor damage. So I hauled them back up, my dear friend who lived next door was laughing hysterically at this point, and punted those sons' bitches as hard as I could. Oh, they shattered beautifully. Big, giant, completely unusable and unfixable mess. I'm talking splinters. I went back inside and waited. I waved at both of their scowling faces when they slowly drove by a little later. Very minor, extremely petty. Totally made me smile on a day I really needed a smile. Next up, one from U slash tpb772000. A golden opportunity and a good deed. So, a while back my uncle's neighbour died. He was a very nice old man and gave my uncle a lot of land for a cheap price because my uncle sold him some land right by his house to avoid him being landlocked. This was years ago, and due to my uncle selling part of his land and it being close to the house, this man's mobile trailer was pretty close to my uncle's house. The old man's property was shaped like a thin triangle and he had to have a certain clearance on the sides and front of his property to put a mobile home. For all these years, there's been no problems between the two, and they even invited him over for Thanksgiving a couple of times when his family wouldn't be able to attend. After he died, his son moved into the trailer, and this is when it started going downhill. My uncle has to wake up at 4.15 to be at work by 5am. Richard, the son, play music until 12 to 1 a.m my uncle went over there a couple of times to ask him to stop which he basically replied with i moved out of the city to bfe for a reason this of course frustrated my uncle which led to the police being called the issue was resolved for a while and when it started back up was only a couple of times a week it was still an annoyance though about three weeks ago my uncle goes to his mailbox And saw he received some mail for richard he starts to walk to his front door only to see richard bust open the door jump the stairs and rush to his car as he was running he said late for a job interview i'll be back in a minute my uncle returned home and started doing whatever he had planned around the house A couple hours later richard returned and my uncle goes and gives him the mail ah sorry for rushing out i was late for a job interview which i didn't end up getting anyway My uncle asked what it was for and Richard said forklift operator. My uncle realized that he had a golden opportunity. He told Richard that the place he worked was, in fact, hiring for lift drivers and to apply. Richard ended up applying and getting the job and telling him he started the following Monday. My uncle knew that if he were to get hired, he would be the morning shift which starts at 4.30, resulting in him having to wake up around 3.45 at the latest. Sunday night, before his first day, my uncle let all the dogs out that night and let them bark all night. He set off his car alarm by accident, and around 12am he borrowed a big speaker from my other uncle and turned it up and watched Saving Private Ryan. Needless to say, the next day when my uncle happened to run into him, he looked like a zombie. My uncle went up to him and said, hey, what's up? Richard responded with, just learning my way around here. I don't know how you get up this early every day. My uncle proceeded to say, well, it's hard to get a good night's sleep with a lot of noise in the middle of the night. There was not a oh shit moment on Richard's face. He held his zombie face and said, yeah, true. However, since then, there's been no loud noise coming from his house after 8pm. Even on nights, we know he doesn't have work the next day. Right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want more, head on over to our YouTube channel. We have just released a video about a leprechaun trap that backfired. Yeah, no, exactly that. Go and check it out, right? (laughs) Uh, Until next time, peace out, take care.